Grip it and rip it. Like Roy Tin Cup McAvoy explaining how to hit a golf ball, I've got a real grip it and rip it approach to most things. Meaning, I like to jump into most endeavors without a lot of prep work. When I take on a new challenge or pursue a new goal, I don't like spending a lot of time learning every minor detail about the endeavor. I'd rather jump in and learn on the fly. I've done so many home improvement and construction projects that started with me looking at a couple of pictures or watching a YouTube video and thinking, yeah, I can do that. I get an idea, then I just start working. I generally don't draw up a lot of real detailed plans. I just get down to business, screw up, and learn. That's the fun part for me. I'm not trying to be an expert from the jump, and a lot of times, I'm not trying to be an expert at all. I don't mind failing. I don't mind falling on my face enough times to become proficient, or at least get a job done. I like to do things that are difficult, things that allow me to grow, and growth takes failure. That's the thing. We get older and we get so scared to try something new. By the time we're in upper grade school, things like popularity and social norms become drastically more important to us. Failures become embarrassing. We close ourselves off from those experiences that might push us to a place of discomfort and the unknown. If we do take on a new challenge or attempt to learn a new skill, we want assistance. We want someone to guide us and hold our hands. We want hours of preparatory work before we actually engage ourselves in the pursuit. We don't want to just jump in and risk failure. We don't have that fear as children. If we did, we'd never learn anything. Barring an extenuating special need, we don't need someone to move our mouths for us to form sounds into words when we learn to talk. No one has to explain the movement of our legs for us to try walking. We see it, get a general idea, and start trying. We need more of that early childhood moxie as we get older. A little more willingness to take those first steps fall, and try again. I'm not saying we need to immediately jump into the highest level of an endeavor. If someone wants to start training mixed martial arts, he or she won't start in the UFC. It makes more sense to sign up for a jiu-jitsu class, train some kickboxing, or join an MMA gym. If a perennial couch potato wants to start exercising, a triathlon doesn't make for a very good first workout. It might start with a jog around the block, doing a few push-ups and eating a few vegetables. Either way, it's important to understand we don't start as experts. When we start something new, we have to accept not being very good. No one starts out as an expert. We have to take our lumps, fail, and grow. The trouble is, we get into this foolish habit of wanting to be good at things right away. And if we're not immediately good at something, we get frustrated and give up, or we don't start at all. I see it in education all the time. Students struggle in a particular subject, so they give up. They become convinced they can't do something, so they don't even try. I've had conversations with students who even recognize this behavior. But it's just safer to not try and accept failure than it is to risk trying and fail all the same. 
there's a stigma, real or imagined, associated with trying and failing. It spreads into every facet of life. I have high school athletes who don't want to come into the weight room because they suspect they'll be embarrassed. They know they won't be immediately strong, so they choose to stay weak. The same goes for so many adults setting those weight loss resolutions. We get caught up comparing ourselves to the muscular bodies in the gym. We feel out of place, so we just stay out. The same fears impact our social interactions as well. We find another person interesting or attractive or whatever it might be, but we don't engage because we might say something stupid. We might put ourselves out there and get rejected, so we decide it's safer to say nothing at all. We fall victim to our fears, but we don't have to. Fear comes from within. Sure, there are real dangers in the world, but the actual fear is only a feeling. Humans are not very good at walking when we first start out. But a child doesn't fear learning to walk because there's no stigma, no punishment for failing. Initial failures are expected, and there's no specific deadline set for learning to walk. Toddlers simply keep trying until they walk. It gets harder as we get older, though. We pick up scars here and there, painful experiences that feed our fears. We feel embarrassed or ridiculed. We feel physical or emotional pain, and that feeling comes back to us in our times of insecurity. That's the trouble. So many of our contemporary fears are the products of our own egos and our comparisons to others. It's hard to avoid those comparisons in our media-driven world, but if we can at least acknowledge that we manufacture our fears, we can begin to gain some power over them. We must also remember that most of our fears never come to pass anyway. We fear starting something new because we don't want to feel awkward or be ridiculed. We don't want to head to that martial arts class or start lifting weights because we're afraid of what all those experts in the gym might say or do or think. We don't study a new subject because someone already knows it. We don't want to feel dumb by comparison. Those are our fears, but in reality, most people who are experts in something want to share their passions with others. And if someone does ridicule another person, that says everything about the person passing the judgment and nothing about the person attempting the task. People mock others because of their own fears. If we can understand that many of our fears aren't a genuine threat, we can begin to brave them. Plus, we need to remember it's okay to not be an expert at everything. We think that if we're not going to be great at something, there's no sense in doing it at all. It's the thing that has high school athletes around the globe specializing in one sport instead of participating in many. The trouble is, those athletes give up the potential benefit of learning various skills across multiple disciplines while interacting with other teammates and coaches and they do it all for the outside chance of becoming a real expert in one area. So many of us do the same thing in our lives. We find one or two things we're decent at, and we focus on those things. We stick with what's comfortable, and we forget about the benefits of being uncomfortable. However, we can do both. 
It's important to find things we're passionate about, and it's good to pursue those things aggressively. But there's also a great deal to gain from not being an expert. I was a pretty good football player in high school. I wasn't great, but I was good enough to play in college. I was also a pretty proficient martial artist, and that's still a big part of my life. However, I also ran track and played baseball in high school. I wasn't very good at track, but I felt it was good for other sports and for life. I was even worse at baseball, but I like baseball. I worked diligently at both endeavors, but neither came real naturally, and that was fine. I learned a lot about struggling, playing a role, and contributing to a team in other ways. I'm glad I had a chance to not be an expert at those things. I still try to do that. I'm always trying to improve my writing, so I write a lot. I don't consider myself an expert writer, but I'm passionate about writing, so I want to keep improving and growing in that endeavor. I also play a little guitar. I'm not very good at it, and I've been not very good at it for quite some time. The truth is, I don't put in enough time and effort to get good. Playing guitar is sort of meditative for me. I like the feel of it. I can strum along and think. I know enough chords to play along and poorly sing a few old songs. And that's all I'm really looking to get out of the deal. I'm not able to talk music theory or even name the notes that comprise the chords I play. And that's alright by me. I'm not trying to start a band or be a musician. But I get some enjoyment out of the deal. It's good to have those things in our lives too. And our struggles in one area can give us strength in another. We don't have to be great at everything. It's good to have areas of passion we pursue vehemently. And it's good to have quiet little distractions. But we can't find either if we aren't willing to try new things. It's important to keep learning and building and growing. And that can't happen without failure. Without getting dirty and falling on our faces from time to time. We have to be willing to take the hits. And if we do it enough, it becomes easier. We start to adapt, and we can embrace the struggle. First, though, we have to start. And starting can be scary. That's why we just have to occasionally stop thinking so much and dive in. There will never be a perfect time or perfect scenario to start any new endeavor. So it's important to be a little foolish now and again. To go in blind without a safety net. Sometimes we just need to grip it and rip it. Thank you.